Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Irish Times Inside Politics podcast. Hello and you're very welcome to another edition of the Politics Podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. We are firing these podcasts out of fair old clip these days, but there's always good reason when we do it. And today's reason is the publication of the latest instalment of the Irish Times Ipsosome or BI opinion poll. On Thursday, we published the poll results on the state of the parties. And today, on Friday morning, we are looking at the current state play in the subject of the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution, which is currently being debated at the Citizens' Assembly. Our political editor, Pat Leahy, is here to consider those results. Pat, first, these state of the parties, it's obligatory, it's not particularly exciting in terms of what we see this week. Well, you might not think uh, that it's exciting, Hugh, but uh, always, Lester, always, I can always tell exciting you for you. everybody is yeah. uh, agog with it. No, I, I mean, I think that there isn't a startling move in uh, party support, with the partial exception of Sinn Féin, who are up by four points to 21%. We can talk about that in a minute but uh, but what we see is not a huge deal of change from the figures when we last did a poll uh, in early December then there was a three point gap between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael uh, with Fianna Gael leading by 30% to 27 uh, Fianna Fáil leading by 30% to 27% uh, that gap closes slightly within the margin of error of course all movements uh, within the margin of error Fine Gael up a point Fine Fall down a point so more or less um, a, a dead heat really uh, between Fine Fall and Fine Gael I think that's interesting and sometimes you know um, you know p- polls that don't move can actually be as interesting or tell us as much uh, that uh, as, as polls that do show big movements I'm always I'm always slightly suspicious when I see huge movements in opinion polls. Indeed, from we've seen month a couple of those in, 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 in other polls, and, and they can, first of all, they can be outliers and sometimes prove they, to be. They can be outliers, and it's always worth thinking when you see a huge movement, it's always worth thinking what has caused hundreds of thousands of people to change their minds uh, about a given issue. And I'm not saying that can't happen. But uh, it's certainly unusual for that to happen. But I think what this poll tells us, um, you know, when we see the the lack of movement in uh, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael support, is that all that political sound and fury of recent weeks, with when the government was brought really to the brink of collapse over the McCabe controversies, a controversy which has led to the Taoiseach indicating to his own party that he will soon step down. And that's, you know, that's 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 a really significant milestone in Irish political history. But that has not really affected 
party support as between uh, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. People can draw their own conclusions from it. One conclusion I draw is that, you know, sometimes when those of us who follow politics day in, day out, get terribly excited about something and think that the public is equally excited, very often that's not true. Especially when, as far as the public is concerned, they're they're unlikely to have to go to the polls in the immediate future. People tend to be less focused on issues of how they feel about political parties at a given time. Don't and they? that there is a greater political truth to that, that people, vast majority of people only tend to tune into politics uh, in a detailed way when an election is in sight. We have a public that is, by international standards, pretty engaged and interested in politics, but they don't follow the minutiae of the ups and downs. They form general impressions between elections and they zero in when election time comes. I don't think they're zeroed in at the moment. Is it possible that my understanding of what I've heard about the Fianna Fáil position, and particularly Michal Martin's strategy at the moment, is, is is sort of borne out or is justified by what we see in these polls. In other words, Fianna Fáil does not anticipate the great breakthrough which, going, which is going to land it back with a, a major seat gain at the next election, if that election were to happen very soon, that there hasn't been a further shift towards Fianna Fáil, a much beyond what we saw in the immediate aftermath of the last election. Therefore, strategically, from the point of view of Fianna Fáil, it's better to hold tight and hold steady for the moment. Yeah, look, you know, look at always in polls, you look at what are the medium term trends and, you know, strip out the uh, the monthly up and downs, look at the medium term trends. So what medium term trends do we see since the last general election? Well, we see, you know, small but not insignificant gains for both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And we've been talking about new politics all week in the paper and uh, many of us who... who follow politics are sceptical as to whether it has, at this stage anyway, delivered better government for the country, uh, certainly. Um, But I think it's fair to say that people haven't rejected the parties that are operating uh, the new political arrangements at the moment. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, more than holding their own since uh, since the last general election, the independence as a group, and now it is difficult to talk of the independence as an homogenous group because it encompasses people of very differing political viewpoints and very different differing political appeals. But what is, insofar as we can look at them uh, as, as a group and those caveats having been entered, the independents have been the big losers since the independents and small parties have been the big losers I mean, that's the, that's since the, dramatic, the election. That's the dramatic shift. Isn't 30% in last February's general election, tw- uh, down by 12 points to 18% in today's poll. Now, once you begin to disaggregate that score, you get into all sorts of difficulties with margin of error. And Samp- the sample is the, too small. The bits are too case. small. Mm. Uh, but uh, so it's always, you know, you always need to look at those as indicative, I think, uh, rather than uh, rather than absolute numbers. And big polls, it's the same if you look at the Labour Party score. Big polls are not the best vehicles for measuring the fortunes of small parties. But having said that, the move against independence and small parties is undeniable since the last election. And and t- taking that then into in, into account, it strikes me looking at that number that the other thing that you're seeing here is 
you, this, we're, we're nearly we're a year or so into this, or Octus, nearly a year into the, the lifetime of this government. You're not seeing the upsurge of anger that you saw at a certain point against the last government at a certain point in its existence, or even more so the preceding Fianna Fáil government. There doesn't seem to be that uh, that that huge anti-establishment plague on the houses of the establishment parties mood that we've seen a couple of times in. No, in, I think in the, the public mood is more grumpy than angry, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we we have other data in, uh, in the poll that will become available uh, a little bit later in the week, which deals specifically with people's attitude towards change uh, in politics. And that is interesting and does signal that there is still a public mood for change. But looking at the party support levels, it would be hard to say that there's a, you know, that that anti-establishment feeling, which was in many ways the animating force of politics for much of the period after the economic crash, it would be hard to say that that is as as active or, or, or as pungent in electoral terms uh, as uh, as it was. That's Except arguably that, as you've said, um, the, the, the party that's seen significant move is Sinn Féin. Yeah, that's true. Sinn Féin up by four points today. The only movement really outside the... Um, uh, outside the margin of error, up from 17% uh, in December up to 21% today. And... I think that needs to be set against and to understand that fully you need to look at Sinn Féin's traditional strengths as an opposition party and the timing of the manifestation of those strengths that's uh, a somewhat convoluted way of saying Sinn Féin tends to do well between elections with its kind of aggressive oppositional style that is suited to the period between elections so the period between the 2007 and the 2016 election we saw Sinn Féin regularly in the 20s and in some polls pushing into the high 20s. When the election came, however, party support fell away and I think that's because its oppositional form of politics is less suited to election campaigning but also it's because it tends to underperform even the immediate pre-election polls when it comes to the casting of votes partially I think because it is Sinn Féin is strongest amongst those cohorts of the electorate the the young people and uh, those at the lower end of the income income scale that are less likely to turn out on election day so while there's no doubting that Sinn Féin are up and the polls their tails are up to a certain degree I think that needs to be put against the historic context of Sinn Féin's polling performance One last thought on that on, on, on this it's a it's it's another disastrous poll performance for the Labour Party who are there in 4% and they're one of the, the headline ticker tape on on our email, on the front of our newspaper this morning there's a point where if they continue at these kind of numbers they won't deserve to be there much longer Yeah I make the point in the paper today that Labour is still regarded as one of the main parties, not regarded yet as uh, one of the others or small parties. But if they consistently poll at, uh, if they consistently poll where they are at the moment at 4%. Now, look, they're, you know, they're 4% today. That's a 2% drop. It's within the margin of error from, uh, uh, from the last poll. But it represents from almost a halving of their support since the election, their worst election uh, in donkey's years. And, you know, I said earlier that big national polls are not the best vehicle for measuring small party support or small party 
electoral prospects would be a more accurate and way of putting it. And the same might be true of the Labour Party now. Because what they need is to have exaggerated levels of support galvanised around specific, specific candidates and specific yeah. constituencies, exactly, mm-hmm. to give them a chance of, so they need to be at 10 or 12% in a handful of constituencies. And we simply don't know whether that is the case uh, with Labour. But uh, it's certainly the case that today's poll is a warning signal for Labour. And while there is reason, there may be reason, statistical reasons, not to panic, there is certainly reason for worry. Let's move on to the Eighth Amendment. As I said at the outset, it's a, it's a subject of much debate at the, at the moment. We anticipate the Citizens' Assembly will come back with recommendations of some sort, which will be considered in the summer and into the autumn by, by the Oireachtas in some form. And then... If the government survives, it's an item which will be on its agenda in in 2018. It's a very interesting poll. Um, it, there's a lot of detail in it. Um, yeah, I suppose just to just to give us an overview of it first, if you would. Yeah, there's a lot of data uh, in it, which I'm sure everybody will be everybody involved in campaigning and on both sides will be pouring over um, uh, in in the days ahead. But I suppose the, the, the you know to, to give a quick overview of the uh, of the data shows that there is overwhelming public support for the liberalisation of Ireland's abortion laws. And that includes making abortion legal where it is currently illegal in, uh, uh, in instances of rape, incest, child abuse, where the fetus will not survive outside the womb, where the child would have a severe physical or mental handicap, where a woman's life is at risk, where a woman's health is at, uh, at risk. But there is not public support, according to this poll, for uh, making abortion legal where a woman believes that she would be unable to cope because of her age our circumstances. Uh, that would be, I, 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 I dislike the term, and I know many people do, the term abortion on demand. Sure. But at least it has the benefit of everybody knowing what it means. And if, perhaps if we were to call it abortion on request, there's clear evidence in this poll that the current state of public view, whatever is to come, the current state of, uh, of the public's opinion is against the legalisation of abortion. It's against the introduction of, for simplicity's sake, what we might describe as some version of the current law in the UK into Ireland. The UK law currently operates uh, more or less that if you want an abortion, uh, you can you can have it. That is clearly not the preference of the Irish people now. They want some liberalisation, but only up to a point. So then the question, of course, arises that this is just not just a question of law. This is also a question of the constitution as well. So the, the, the question for the Irish people, which will be put to the Irish people, will revolve around a decision to be made. And inevitably, because this is the way in which, you know, constitutional change arises, a yes or no decision to be made on a proposition uh, in relation to changing the constitution. And what are people saying about that? What If they were to vote on, uh, first of all, I suppose, a repeal um, of, of the Eighth Amendment, how would they? How, how do they say they would vote on that? Yeah, this is I, uh, amongst the more important findings, I think, of the poll, because what the Constitutional Convention will have, the, the Citizens' Assembly, rather, will have to uh, decide, well, it, it decides upon its recommendations uh, to the government ultimately the government and then the doll make a uh, make a decision on what if anything they wish uh, to put before the people but one of the central questions at those various stages will be 
do you propose a referendum on the complete repeal of the Eighth Amendment, which is in the Constitution as Article 43.3, guaranteeing the equal right to life of the mother and, uh, and the unborn child? Do we want to take that out of the Constitution completely? Or do we want to put a different version of that in the Constitution, which would allow for the relaxing of Ireland's abortion laws, but still the maintenance of a, a, of a ban along those lines we've discussed to constitutionally prevent um, a UK-style uh, abortion uh, uh, regime here. And the, uh, the, the poll findings on this aren't completely definitive. So there isn't a majority in favour of, of either side. But what we find is a plurality in favour of... Um, of uh, reforming Ame- article a- amendment uh, uh, replace rather than repeal replace I rather than repeal I think is the, be- is the simplest the and best yeah. uh, and best way yeah. of putting it so worth I think giving those figures 16% people say of uh, people say that the eighth amendment should not be repealed um, uh, 28% of people believe that the uh, amendment should be repealed completely and thus giving uh, the Oireachtas the power to legislate uh, for uh, uh, for Ireland's abortion laws. Well, whatever those but laws might, might whatever be. Those laws, yeah. uh, whatever yeah. those laws might be. 38%, the single biggest group, believe that the Eighth Amendment should be replaced with another constitutional amendment which would allow greater access to abortion but... Uh, but Presumably, uh, uh, restricting uh, along the lines that uh, the earlier the, uh, the earlier poll findings suggested. Now we've seen other polls over the last twelve months or so. Um, some of them taken by independent organisations, some of them taken in conjunction with with lobby groups on one side or the other. It strikes me that 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 very high figure for for a, a replace rather than a repeal option is going to be very disappointing to those on the repeal the eighth side of the debate. Yeah, look, there's. An energetic and broad-based campaign, which has been gathering its 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 forces for some time, uh, in favour of uh, in favour of repeal, um, and uh, I think that if I was in their shoes, I I wouldn't welcome this poll. Uh, as far as one can, you know, it's it's, it's simply data. Uh, you know, it's it is it is, it is neutral. But I don't think that. I don't think that uh, the repeal movement will find a great deal of encouragement at this point in this poll because it shows them that uh, I suppose you know the two the two pillars of the repeal uh, campaign first to take uh, Article forty three three out of the constitution take the amendment out uh, the eighth amendment out of the constitution and then to let the doll legislate for. Uh, a situation where if a woman wants an abortion, she feels she needs an abortion, she can have one. Neither of those things are supported by anything like a majority, uh, according to this poll. And if the campaigners for repeal uh, want to achieve that on the basis of this poll, I think they have a long way to go. Might there be an issue then about this, the strategy which is which is pursued on, on that side, for example? There is an argument, irrespective possibly uh, of 
what your view is upon uh, on the exact legislation which is appropriate on abortion in the country. There is an argument that having wording of any sort in the Constitution that the experience of the last 30 years has shown that that creates more problems than solutions and that therefore it is appropriate, whatever your precise view on uh, the appropriate legislation on this issue, that decisions on that should be made in the doll. And might that be a better focus for uh, And that it certainly seems argument? to me is a, a strong logical campaigning uh, point uh, to make. What it will have to get over, I think, um, is the suspicion that a lot of people will have or the lack of trust that a lot of people will have in politicians to make those decisions on their behalf. People are very attached to the Constitution and they may want to make up their minds on what they want and put that uh, in the Constitution because the repeal of the Eighth Amendment would transfer, of course, responsibility to the doll to make uh, to make uh, to make up laws on abortion, whatever uh, whatever that may be. And I think it is likely to be an argument deployed by people against uh, repeal of the Eighth Amendment uh, that you can't trust politicians. Uh, to, well, indeed, to, and, to and, and, and that is an argument which has been deployed successfully in, in, in other referendums quite recently, that you can't trust politicians, most notably in relation to uh, inquiry powers for, for, for the Oireachtas. So there are opportunities here, aren't there, for the, for the anti-abortion side, if I may characterize them as that on the on on the other side of the argument that there is an opportunity there to say don't rock the boat here um, we can't as you say you, we can't trust the politicians um, the majority of Irish people want to retain strong protections for for the unborn and in order to do that we should we should retain there there, there is I suppose what I'm saying is there's the bones of a strong campaign in there uh, there. Uh there may be, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't overstate that either. It's quite clear from the data. And while I said earlier that it won't be welcomed, uh, I think, or it won't overjoy uh, people in the repeal campaign uh, because it doesn't demonstrate support for some of their uh, some of some of their their key campaigning uh, wishes or key, key campaigning demands. But at the same time, it is quite clear. In this poll and in several other polls that have been conducted over a period that of people time, want change. that the public is more pro-choice than its laws are at the moment. Now, by international standards, Ireland is a more pro-life or more anti-abortion country than most other comparable Western countries. And we can expect that that whatever laws govern abortion in the future, they are likely to reflect that. But the public is clearly in favour of some liberalisation of Ireland's what, abortion laws. Finally, what, what do you think the elected politicians in the Dáil, when this is presented back to them as a subject for discussion following the Citizens' Assembly's deliberations, those politicians, particularly those politicians who haven't nailed their colours to the mast on, on one side or the other, uh, re retain at all costs or repeal at all costs, how do you think they'll read these numbers when they're thinking about how, how they're going to address this issue? Do you know what? I don't think it'll end up being a decision of this doll at all, to be honest. I think if you look at the timetabling, uh, the Citizens' Assembly is to report before the end of June. Its report then goes to a specially constituted Oireachtas Committee, which will produce its recommendations 
to government uh, before the end of the year uh, is the deadline for that. That gets you to the end of this year. Then the government and will have to decide what it wants to do and you know, this government has many characteristics. One of them is that it is not especially fond of making difficult decisions until such time as it absolutely has to. Uh, and after the government makes its decision, if it does, the Oireachtas will have to make a decision. Remember, the government doesn't have a majority uh, in, uh, in the House. The earliest you will see a referendum arising out of the current process is the latter half uh, the, the, the latter part of the first half of next year and possibly into the second half of next year. I'm not sure I see this doll lasting, uh, lasting that long. Um, but to answer your question, how will politicians read it? I think it will not... The, the, the complexity of people's views the difficulty in the mechanics of legislating or putting in the constitution the sort of difficult and unprecedented balance that people are talking about uh, if you take this poll as a whole, I, I think would strike them as a very tricky job that they will not be in a hurry to perform. So they'll do their best to avoid it as, as they've do, done for the last 20 years? Looks like it. Pat, thanks for that. Listen, we will have more uh, poll results in tomorrow's newspaper, so do tune in for those and for another podcast then. Pat Lee, thanks for joining us. And that's it for this edition of Inside Politics. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. Remember, you can mail me at hlinahan at irishtimes.com or you can find me on Twitter also. But until the next time, goodbye and thanks very much indeed for listening. Mm-hmm.